0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So I'm going to be talking uh, this morning and uh, and tonight on how faith really works. We've been talking about what faith is and been describing faith, And we found out that according to the Bible, Bible faith is the assurance of things that you hope for. It's a confident knowing, a confident uh, understanding that the things that you desire when you pray really do exist. The last couple of Sundays we've talked about the fact that uh, faith doesn't look at the seen realm. Faith looks at the unseen realm. And that we walk by faith and not by sight, not by the senses, not by what the world around us tells us, not what our symptoms or our circumstances tell us, but what does the word of God tell us? Right. And so we look at that instead of looking at the other things. Second Corinthians chapter 4 talked about why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are are eternal. So people who live by faith have their eyes and their ears, their spiritual awareness uh, uh, connected to the heavenly realm, and that the realm of where the realm where God lives and where God's word is. Whatever God says, Jesus said you're, that that His words were spirit and life. And so the Word of God is in, the realm of the, is in the realm of God and the realm of the Spirit. So we look at those things, not at natural things. So we've looked at that. So we want to go into a little more detail uh, uh, this morning. And we want to go over to Romans chapter 4. So turn over there with me, Romans 4. Praise the Lord. Romans 4. And let's look at one verse in particular, then we'll come back and fill in the blanks in just a minute. And this is verse number 17, Romans four seventeen. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. This was God talking to Abraham. And then it says, in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And that's what I want to focus on this morning, this this principle of calling things that do not exist as though they did. This is how faith works. Faith works by calling, by saying and talking about things that do not exist as though they did exist. Now, that's a foreign idea and a foreign concept to many people. But it's not foreign uh, to the scriptures because this is the way God lives. Isn't that what it says in verse 17 here? God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now, I've heard people dismiss this verse and say, well, that works for God, all right, because he's God. See, it seems to be one of the hardest things in the world to get Christians to call things which do not exist as though they did. And many times Christians will say, well, I'm not going to say something exists when it doesn't because that would be lying. Well, God does it. But here's the reaction. They'll say, yeah, but he's God. Well, now, let's just analyze that. What does What is a person saying when they say, well, God can do it because he's God? They're saying because he is all-powerful and he's the final authority, he can say whatever he wants to. But the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. Just because God is God, it doesn't... God's deity doesn't give him the right to lie. He's the one who condemned lying. He's not a liar. God's God's omnipotence doesn't empower him to break his own code of law. It doesn't empower him to do things that are immoral. Immoral. So if God can call things that do not exist as though they do exist, there has to be some kind of a framework where that's not a lie. It must be permissible. It must be morally right. It must be ethically right. It must be right in every sense of of, of appropriateness or else God can't do it. Because just, again, just because he's God, he can't do things that are immoral. God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now, people say, yeah, but he can do that because he's God. He can, he can, because he's the creator. That's the other side of it. The first side of it, him being God, they're saying, well, he can break any law he wants to. Well, no, he can't. Not, in, not in and remain the moral high ground. Not and not remain in his position of being holy and blameless. Isn't that right? Then the other side of, the, of that coin of that, well, he's God. They're saying because he's the creator, he can call things which do not exist and they become. Well, that, that is true. That is why he does that. Because he is the creator. Uh, Some other translations render this passage, if I can find them. Yeah, the the New English translation says, God summons the things that do not yet. Everybody say yet. God summons the things that do not yet exist as though they already do. See, that tells you that when God calls something that does not exist as though it does, he's got plans for it becoming. It's in his eternal purpose. God has never spoken anything that didn't exist. He's never spoken of it as though it did exist. He's never, he's never spoken of the future and, and said this exists without plans for that to exist. It has to do with his will. He has a plan and a purpose. Before he ever says anything, he he purposes it. Then he begins to speak it. Hold your place here and go to, to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse number three. By faith, this is what we're talking about. This is how faith works. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The worlds... The margin of my Bible here, I think, says ages. Yeah, ages, the eons. By faith, we understand that the worlds, the ages, the eons were framed by the word of God. What does that mean? That means that God spoke them. That's what his word is. God's word is what created the eons. He framed things by his word. He created them by his word. Do we not see that in Genesis chapter one? And God said, let there be light. There was no light. Light didn't exist. But he called things that do not exist as though they did. He said, let there be light. And when he called it, light became. You could say it this way, that the light was framed by the word of God. It was fashioned by the word of God. And then he went on to say, let, the, let the, the light and the darkness be separated. And he went all through those steps of, of, that we read in Genesis chapter 1. Let there be, you know, the fruitful place. And let there be birds and animals and seas and all of those things. Everything that he created, he created by saying it. Amen. Amen. So, uh, another translation of Romans chapter 4. Says that he calls. This is the Revised Standard Version, where where it says, "God who 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 uh, gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did." The the Revised Standard Version said he says he calls into existence the things that do not exist. This is how God uses His faith. This is faith at work. This is. Charlie Daniels would say, This is how it's done. This is how it's done. This is how faith works. Faith caused those things which do not exist as though they did. And the implication is, and we can see that it's true from the word, and they become. That's how faith works. Well, I'm not just, I'm just not going to say something exists, but I can see very well that it doesn't exist. I'm just not going to do it. Well, just do without. Just do without. You will do without your blessing. You will do without your answer. You will do without all through your life. You'll do without much of what God has for you if you refuse to do what the Bible says. I don't know why in the world people think they can disagree with the Bible and, and, and live happily ever after. <laughs> if you're gonna disagree with the Bible, you're just gonna do without. Amen. Amen. God uses his faith by speaking. We saw that in, in Hebrews 11.3, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Go with me to Psalm 148. Psalm 148. <clears throat> and let's look at verse number Find it here, yeah. Verse number five. Well, let's start in verse number one. One Verse number one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. <clears throat> praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heaven of heavens. Praise him, you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Now notice, for he commanded and they were created. Do you see that? He commanded and they were created. Go over to 2 Corinthians. Let's bring it into the New Testament, see what the New Testament has to say. 2 Corinthians chapter four, 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse number six. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Well, how in the world does light come out of darkness? There isn't any light in darkness. In other words, in the midst of darkness, God said light be and light came floating onto the scene. Why? Because he commanded it. So we've established the fact, if you believe the Bible, we've established the fact that this is how God operates. Well, it's wrong. You, you people down there at your church, you think you you know, you try to act like God. Uh, I thought that was the whole purpose. Aren't we supposed to be Christ-like? Aren't we supposed to be like? No, we don't become God. We're not saying that, but we are to take on his characteristics and behave like he does. Amen. Amen. Jesus said this. He said, have the faith of God. Over Mark eleven twenty-three, 23, the regular King James says that he said, have faith in God. But if you look that up in a lot of your Bibles, in the margin of your Bible, it'll say in the Greek, what that literally says is have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. Now we know that faith comes by hearing the word. We've looked at that. Uh, Hebrew, uh, or Romans chapter 10, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That's the only way faith comes is by hearing the word. Well, it's not the word of Abraham Lincoln. It's the word of God. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Well, what would you think? If faith comes by hearing God's word, what kind of faith would it be? It'd be the God kind of faith. If it comes by hearing God's word, if faith comes by hearing God's word, then the kind of faith would have to be God's faith. A lot of people never think about it that way. Jesus said, have God's faith. Have the faith of God. Mark eleven twenty two. Have the faith of God. And then what is the next thing he said? Turn over there with me. Mark 11. Now I know a lot of you can quote this, but don't, don't just do it. Look at the scriptures. Mark 11. Jesus answered. Now look at verse 20 in the morning. They, we won't go back and read the whole story. They had gone from... From Bethany into Jerusalem that morning and then they came back in the evening at about dusk or just around dark and so the following morning they start back to Jerusalem again and in the morning this is the second trip as they passed by they saw the fig tree that Jesus had spoken to the previous day dried up from the roots and Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi look, the fig tree, tree which you cursed has withered away. Well, go back and look at uh, what happened there. If you go back and look at what happened in, in this passage, when, when they, that morning when they came by, Jesus saw this fig tree and he spoke to it and said, no man eat fruit on you hereafter forever. And it was a perfectly healthy fig tree. What was he doing? He was speaking his faith. He was calling things which do not exist as though they did. The next morning, when they, when they passed by, Peter noticed that the fig tree was withered. He said, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. Jesus answered and said, have the faith of God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Why? Because faith calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's how it works. And notice Jesus said, you can do it. Peter was amazed because Jesus did it. Jesus said, hey, don't don't be amazed that I did it. You can do it. And not only you 12, but whoever... Whoever, that, that that comes right down to today. That's talking to you and me. Whoever says to this mountain or whatever the, the situation in life is that you don't want or don't need or is contrary to the word of God and God's plan for you, whoever says to this mountain, this obstacle, get out of here. Be gone. And does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will come to pass. He said he'll have whatever he says. That's how faith works. It says Faith works by calling those things which do not exist as though they did. Amen. Uh, let's go back to Romans chapter four again and let's look at this a little more and fill in the blanks a little more on this passage of what happened to Abraham. Now, verse number. Let's back up to verse number 16 so we get a little bit more of the context. This is Roman 4, 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. He's the father of us all in the sense that he's the forerunner. He's the father of us all in the sense that he is the, the uh, 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 founder of faith and in among people in other words he was the person that exercised faith in such a profound way and so it says as it is written i have made you a father of many nations and then speaking of abraham again it says in the presence of him whom he believed now the older king james says like unto him whom he believed And if you look up several commentaries, I've looked this up in Adams Clark, I've looked it up in Jameson Fawcett and Brown, uh, different commentaries, they point out that that's actually a a fairly good uh, translation. So the new King James says in the presence of him, but another accurate version of that is like Abraham, like unto him whom he believed, who would that be? That would be God. Abraham, like unto him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Notice that that it says that Abraham acted like God like unto him whom he believed. And this, he said he's acting like God in this particular characteristic of God. He was like, it says Abraham was like unto him whom he believed, God, and particularly the the characteristic or feature of God, God who calls things which do not exist as though they did. Abraham was like God in that sense. Now, what what did God do? How did God call those things which do not exist where Abraham was concerned? Go over, hold your place here because we're gonna come back to Romans 4. Go over to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. Now, in verse one, it says Abraham was 99 years old. We know his wife, Sarah, was 10 years younger than him, so she was 89. Now, Abraham at 99 years old already had a 12-year-old son, Ishmael. We won't go into all the story there. He had, he, he had this other son. But this son, Ishmael, was not given to him from Sarah, his wife. It was given to him through Hagar, who had uh, his wife, Sarah, came come, concocted this crazy idea, you know, that she'd send her handmaiden in and he'd, she'd raise up children for her. Well, that didn't turn out very good, okay? And Abraham... And Sarah still didn't have any children together. Now he's 99 and she's 89. That's past the age of having children. Even in the Bible. Even when people lived to be very, very old. Uh, childbearing years had passed for Sarah in particular. Have giving birth to a child at 89 years old. And... So when Abraham was 99 years old, his wife was 89, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, as for me, this is what he, he said, listen, this is, this is what I'm gonna do. As for me, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. He's got one 12-year-old strapling youngin. As for me, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram. Now, the name Abram simply meant, let's see if I can find it, exalted father. He said, your name shall no longer be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. And that literally means a father of a multitude. Your name shall no longer be called Abram, your name shall be called Abraham, the father of a multitude. For I have made you a father of many nations. Now notice right now, at the, at the time, we're looking at this little snapshot in time. Abraham has one son. And God said, now, what is God doing? He's calling things which do not exist as though they did. You say, well, well, he's God. Yes, but Abraham acted like him. We see that in Romans chapter 4. Like unto him whom he believed. God who calls things which do not exist. Here's what God did. He said, I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations and I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations For an everlasting covenant to be a God to you and to your descendants after you. That's why I was referring to the nation of Israel. They were his descendants. So everything that was pronounced upon Abraham belonged to them. And the New Testament in Galatians chapter 3 says, If you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. But that's another subject. Belongs to us too. Also... He said in verse 8, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, I will be their God. And God said to Abram, Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout your generations. This is my covenant. Uh, every male child should be circumcised. Now, he, he uh, then Abraham, he talked about Sarah. He says, as, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall no longer... You shall not call her Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. And that simply means a, a princess. Uh, he said, for, and I will bless her and, and I will bless you and give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she, she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be, be born to a man who is 100 years old? Because, he see he'd be 100 by the time this would take place and shall sarah who is 90 years old bear a child and abraham said to god oh that ishmael might live before you see abraham was was struggling with this idea you know he had this he had ishmael when he was 87 and and now he's 99 or 86 and now he's 99 and uh he's he's wrestling with this. So he he offers God a deal. He said, I tell you what, just let Ishmael live before you. God said, no. He said, "Uh, uh, no, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son. You shall call his name Isaac. See, God had a plan. That's the thing I want you to see. God has a plan. And when God has a plan, the way he brings it to pass is he speaks it. And he just declares it to be true. And Abraham learned to be like God when Abraham discerned God's plan, he began to call it so. Now, how did he do it? He told all of his friends and family and everybody who for 99 years had called him Abram, every time they called him Abram, he said, no, 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 my name's changed. That's a, that's a hard thing to do at 99 no, I'm not answering to Abram anymore. My name is Abraham, father of a multitude. See, today in our culture, we don't really think about what names mean so much. But back then, a person's name identified something about it. it called into remembrance what, what that name meant. So every time somebody called him, Abram said, nope, nope, father of a multitude. Remember, I told you. This is the third time I've told you, father of a multitude, Abraham. What is Abraham doing? He's doing just like God. He's calling things which do not exist as though they did. Abraham was just like God in that. Abraham wasn't God, but God gives us the right to use his faith. He gives us his faith. We've seen that. Well, if he gives us his faith, are we going to use it in a different way than he uses it? No, it only works the way it works faith works by calling those things which do not exist as though they, that's how it works folks and abraham did this he was like unto god god said i have made you a father of a multitude i've actually i've made you a father of multitudes plural Now he went on to say, he said, I'm gonna bless Ishmael as for him, I've heard you, and I will bless him, make him fruitful and will exceedingly multiply him and he'll have 12 princes and all that stuff. He said, but my covenant, verse 21, my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. What does does Abraham do? He starts saying what God said. And when he started calling those things which do not exist as though they did, I'm telling you, God moved on him and and Sarah's behalf and they did indeed have that child that was impossible to have. Because he just did what God did. He followed God's direction. God authorized him. God authorized him to act like him when he changed his name. He said, you will no longer call yourself Abram, you will call yourself Abraham. What was he saying? I'm authorizing you to say things that do not exist as though they did. So he started doing it. Let's go back to Romans chapter four and we'll finish up here. Romans chapter four. Romans chapter four. As it is written, verse 17, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist, Abraham was like unto him, who contrary to hope, talking of Abraham, in hope believed that he might become the father of many nations. If you want to become what God has said about you, you're going to have to start saying what God says about you. If you're going to have the blessings God has pronounced upon you, you're going to have to start calling those blessings as though they exist when in the natural and anything that you can see. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. If you're going to walk by, by faith, you're going to look into the Word of God. And when you see something God's promised you that belongs to you, if you're going to have it, you're going to have it by calling it into existence. You're going to have it by talking about it as though it does exist while it yet does not exist. Like I said, that's the hardest thing, I think, to get Christians, a lot of Christians to do, to actually, now they'll sit in church and nod their head and, 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 and mutter Amen. <laughs> you don't, you're all sitting here like, I'm not nodding at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know Christians will sit in church and they'll nod and they'll say amen and they'll even raise their hands and say, oh, glory, but going out of here, they won't actually do this. But this is how faith works. It's, not ra- it's radical to the natural mind, but it's not radical to God's mind. Faith is very Unusual. To people who don't know anything about it. Acting in faith, living by faith, talking faith is, is a very peculiar thing to people who don't know anything about it. But to God, it's as normal as as, as two plus two. It's just as simple, it's ordinary. It's how God functions. So Abraham, who, hoped, who, who contrary to hope, all reason for hope in the natural was gone. There was no reason to hope for a child. But contrary to hope, he, he hoped and believed that he became the father so that he became the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now notice as we wrap up. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body now dead since he was about 100 years old. He said, he said he did not consider his own body dead as far as having a child was concerned, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider it. Well, what did he consider? He considered what God said. See, that's, that's what we were talking about last week. We walk by faith, not by sight. Not by what looks like, what not what it seems like, not what our natural senses tell us it's, it, it is. We believe in spite of that, according to what God said. If God says you are healed and your body says you are sick, which one are you going to believe, and which one are you going to say? If you're going to believe what your senses tell you, if you're going to believe what you feel and, and what it looks like, and if you talk in line with that, you will keep that. You'll keep that sickness. But if you will believe what God says about you and start speaking that, you'll have what God promised you. Oh, glory. Glory. Being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. What was he giving glory to God about? He was giving glory to God about his son. He was giving glory to God that his wife was going to bear him a son. He was giving glory to God that he was now the father of a multitude and and that he would have uh, 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 descendants that not just from Ishmael but through Sarah, he, he, he would have descendants that would fill the earth. That's what he was giving glory to God about. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. See, Abraham understood that the responsibility was not his. He understood that the responsibility to make this good was not his. Only God could do this. Listen, when when we're in faith, we're not trying to we're not trying to be uh, we're not trying to take God's place. When we say what he says, we're acting like God, but we know it takes God to bring it to pass. Faith understands that God can do anything, that he is well able to bring to pass what his word says. Even though your body might be racked with pain or your family situation might be out of control, Or your finances might not be what they should be according to the word of God if you're a tither and a giver and you're not seeing the blessing in your life. If you will start saying what God's word says about your body, about your finances, about your family, about your situation, find the promises of God that cover what you need. And I tell you, there's a bunch of them. There's an abundance of promises in the Bible that cover everything in life find what find out what God said about your family find out what God said about your fun your your funny your money your funny and that's that's finances and money comes out funny but we're not talking about funny money we're talking about regular money <laughs> you try to do this every day every Sunday for forty years as if you don't slip up <laughs> Whatever, whatever God says about your finances and your money, whatever God says about your health, your body, find out what he says and just know that the power to do it resides in God, but your job is to say it because he responds to what you say, not just what you believe. Not just what you believe. Whoever, whoever shall say he, he shall have whatsoever he says in mark 11:23 we just read it it doesn't say he will have whatever he believes it says he will have whatever he says why because that's how faith works god will respond to your faith when you say it if you won't say it if you don't want if you don't want to be peculiar you're not willing to step out of the crowd and start doing things that that uh, people might look at you funny and might think that you that you're a little off your rocker. If you're not if you're if you're not willing to to suffer a little bit of reproach, if you're not willing to go against the grain of this world, even in the church, if if that means more to you then having your blessing, well, then just go on doing what you're doing and don't say it and you won't have the blessing and you'll be like everybody else. Everybody else will be sick and you'll be sick and nobody will criticize you. Everybody will be broke and you'll be broke and nobody will criticize you. But if you want to be criticized for, for prosperity... If you want to be criticized for living in victory all the time, well, I just don't understand that guy over there. He just says all these things. and Yeah, but look at his life. I'd rather have health and blessing and the promises of God and let people think I'm odd or weird. I don't care. I, you know, when you're enjoying the blessings of God, it's pretty good compensation. It's pretty good, a pretty good exchange. And so if you want to if you want to have the blessing of God start doing what God says to do. He gives you the right. Now he doesn't give you the right just to blabber anything that comes into your mind. You can't just say things that you don't have a, a promises for. Years ago when we first started the church there's a man in our church and he used to say he and you've heard me say this before and he said a couple of things he said I believe that what was it the was it the Publishers Clearing House is coming to my house and I'm going to win the the jackpot of however many million dollars. I believe that. He said, Jesus said, I can say whatever I believe in my... The problem was you can't believe that in your heart because you don't have a promise for it. You have a promise to prosper, but you don't have a promise to prosper through the, the, the sweepstakes. He also would say this, his mother, now he's, he, I, you know, his mother's in heaven, I guess, you know, long time ago. She was a denominational woman. She was, a, uh, and I, I say this, is, I, you really can't say this kindly, okay? I'm just gonna tell you the truth. She was a mean, gnarly woman. I mean, she was just mean. She was, a, she was just hateful. She was a hateful old woman hateful old woman. She was a denominational woman and she hated the fact that her son was in a Pentecostal church. She hated that. She fussed at him constantly about it, criticized it. She hated our church, hated the fact that his son was in it. She couldn't stand it and she was sick. And this man would confess constantly. He would tell her he said, "Jesus said I can have what I say and you're healed. You're going to be healed. You're healed." And she would rise up and say, "I am not healed." I don't believe all that. Well, you know she's not going to receive healing declaring she's not healed and she doesn't believe. I don't care what he says. He doesn't have he didn't have a scriptural right to say to override her will and say well you're healed and if even if you don't believe you're healed if you believe you're going to die tomorrow you're not you're going to be healed well you can't have that's not according to the word so i'm saying you can't just make stuff up but if you can find a promise in the bible that belongs to you if you'll if you'll believe it in your heart and say it it will come to pass it might not come to pass tomorrow but you keep but here's and here's what happens people say it for about 36 hours. On the third day, they start getting weary. Well, I thought everything was going to change. It don't look like it's changed. In fact, this looks worse. It looks even more improbable and impossible. He did not waver. He did not waver. He did not waver. He did not change. He kept saying it. In fact, God knew what he was doing when he changed his name. He, he, He made him hear it every day. He made, he made him say it, I'm Abraham. You know, after after living 99 years, he didn't get the word out the first day. You know, the, the six weeks later, he's still running into people, hadn't heard, Abram, nope, I'm Abraham, I'm the father of a multitude. Uh, six months after that, he's still running into people somewhere else. Ab- hey, Abe, no, I'm not Abram, I'm Abraham. What? What, Abraham, yeah, yeah. last I heard, You had a thirteen year old son. How 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 are you, Abraham? Because God said it. Because God said, I have made him the father of multitudes. That's who I am. So God God set him up to keep saying it. Because like I said, he didn't he didn't just say it, you know, two or three days. He said it for weeks and months. He kept saying it. Because he kept running into people. Well, praise the Lord. Let's stand. Praise God. That's how it works. And it'll work for anybody. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Who's willing to go against the, the... tide of unbelief in the church world forget the outside world just in the church world if you're willing to go against the tide of tradition and simply believe what the bible says and start practicing the bible it'll work like you and like this for you in such a miraculous fashion if you'll stay to it stay with it like i said it might or it might not happen the very next day But if you'll stay with it in faith and continue to believe it because God said it, I'm telling you, you'll have some of the most amazing things that happen to you.